Hello friends and a warm welcome to the Slow Living Collective. This is a podcast about slowing down, living seasonally and embracing an intentional life. So introductions, I'm Amy, I'm a 30-something mum of two, homemaker, home educator and allotment gardener and these podcasts are love notes from me, sharing the things that I sometimes need to hear myself as well. In these episodes, I'm going to delve into what it means to walk a different path, to stepping outside societal norms and embracing all the beauty that it provides. From educating our children outside of the school system, living in a small home by choice, surrounding ourselves with a life of intention instead of living a life by default. I welcome you to come on this journey with me and open your mind to maybe a different way of living. I hope you find what you're looking for within the words of these podcasts and I hope they speak to you in your own unique way. Hello friends and welcome back to another podcast. Before I carry on, I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who reached out to me from last week's podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it was about why millennials are turning to modern homemaking. And I got a lot of people reaching out to me on Instagram, connecting with me and just saying they really resonated with the things I spoke about during that podcast. And that fills me with so much joy because... Firstly, I don't think there's a lot of people that that talk about modern homemaking. And secondly, I love community and I love speaking to like-minded people. Walking a different path can sometimes feel like you're the only one doing it. And I never want anyone else to feel that way. So if you want to connect with me over on Instagram, you'll find me at lifeonplot44. In this week's episode, I want to expand on some of the things I discussed last week, but mostly I want to talk about the essence of home. And, you know, that is connected to last week's episode about modern homemaking as well. So like I said, if you haven't listened, go back and check it out because I think it was one of my better ones, you know, I really, really enjoyed recording it. So Like I said, today we're going to talk about the essence of home and home and homemaking are obviously very well connected. Being a modern homemaker is all about, you know, being at home, whether that be with your children or with your pets or with your partner, husband, wife, etc. I recently asked on my Instagram account what people felt about their homes. And people said things like it was their safe space, it was their refuge, it was their their space away from the world, it's where they felt safe, it's their own little haven. And lots of people said that they really appreciated normal homes and that spaces that are loved and lived in and that is so how I feel about my home. The pandemic definitely changed how I felt about our home, I think. And not that I didn't love it before, but it just made me more aware of what home really means to me, I guess. You know, we spent this really prolonged period of time in our home. And for a long time, it was this safe space away from everything that was going on outside. And 
that really helped me embrace and really think about what I wanted from my home. Now I live in what is considered a smaller home. I live in a split level flat and a split level flat if you are not aware is basically across two floors. It's I always explain it like it's a mini house. I have downstairs which I have my living room kitchen hallway and also my patio doors which lead out onto my balcony and then upstairs we have our bathroom hallway and two bedrooms and the funny thing is the only thing I don't have is the garden aspect because we also have a garage and we obviously live in a complex that's the way it it kind of works in the split level flat and we also you know there's ample parking and things like that so the only thing we don't have is sort of like that accessibility to a garden um but our balcony is wonderful we have a good good sized balcony a really good space and it's been many different things to us over the years and yeah it's just a really really nice little outdoor space but without having the garden aspect is something that people will often mention to me a lot, especially since I had children. So we moved here almost six years ago. And when we moved here, we were newly married. We had been um, living in a rental flat, smaller than what we currently have. We'd been living in this rental flat and I was relentless in my pursuit for this place because I thought it was a great space for us. We had intentions for the future to grow our family and yeah, I just loved it. I loved, you know, that it had a balcony, that it was upstairs, downstairs kind of thing and it was like a little house and I thought it was going to be a great starter home for us. And so when we moved here, it was just the two of us and now here we are almost six years later and it's my husband, myself our two children who are three and one and our cat so we have definitely expanded over time as well and I think as we've had children the question has always come up to other people of are you going to move and they're always a little surprised when I'm like no I'm not going to move especially when we had our second child people are like oh you're going to move now right and it's like no we're not going to move now. I get it though, we live in a culture where we are almost trained to want the next bigger, better thing. You know, this home was considered, even in my mind when we first bought it, a starter home. We would buy this, we would, you know, get our feet on the property ladder and then we would move on from here. And as time has gone on and my thinking has changed, I don't necessarily feel that way anymore and people will like I said will often say like oh are you going to move now are you going to move now and it's just not in our plans what we feel and what we think is that the space completely works for us not always there are you know awkward sized rooms and things that I wish were a bit different but that's the same in in any space doesn't matter how big the space is but the thing is is that we actively try and work on fitting into our space rather than having to keep increasing our space because we have so much stuff and as I've said in previous podcasts you know we want to own less things it's just stuff 
and if we don't fit in our space it's because we have too much stuff and that goes for all kinds of things whether it be clothes whether it be kitchen stuff whether it be kids toys all of these things there is so much stuff that just comes with being human doesn't it and it feels good to really identify what works and what doesn't work over the years there's been sort of several variations in each room i've painted different things our home is our sanctuary it is our safe space away from the world it is a place where we make memories where we laugh together cry together we have good days we have bad days but ultimately it's our place where we are us where we are our family and I, I, there's nothing I love more than that. It doesn't matter where we are. We could be in a mansion. We could be in a studio. As long as we're together, that's all that matters to me. And so I understand where the question of, are you going to move? Because, you know, you're a growing family in a smaller space. But like I said, it's, it's not about outgrowing the space I hear that so often people saying oh we've outgrown the space it's because we have too much stuff we have too much stuff that's why we're outgrowing spaces if we really think about the things we're bringing into the space and the things that we actually need then you know we might realize that actually it's not the fact that we're outgrowing the space is that we're bringing too much stuff into the space um and so just just re-evaluating that and rethinking about what we really really need and how we can maybe live with less and all of that in general feeds into like you know this capitalist consumer culture that we have you know that we want to buy we well not that we want to that we're we're sort of taught that we should buy more we need more we need the next bigger better thing and it's just not true and there are so many ways that you can sort of counteract that whether that be by buying less decluttering what you have and reorganizing figuring out what you need and what you don't need not always buying things brand new you know still bringing things into your home but you know there's much more thought behind that and you know one of the things I hate which is slightly off topic but one of the things I hate is like this culture we have for especially on social media of like hauls I was scrolling TikTok this morning and um, it's like my guilty pleasure I don't really use it too much for content but Sometimes it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure. I'd like enjoy a scroll in the evening or on the weekend. And yeah, I was just scrolling TikTok and I came across an influencer who has a very large following who, you know, repeatedly does, you know, hauls, which is common. You know, I'm not calling anybody out. This is very much um, normal in social media culture. And I really wish it wasn't normal because you know it's just it's just overconsumption and it's just oh it just hurts my head you know people can spend their money on whatever they want of course they can I do you do we all do but 
it's just uh, there's something icky that I don't love when we're living in a world that you know is in crisis in so many areas that we still indulge in this consumer practice of just buying loads of throwaway stuff essentially just for content I, I don't love it now as a homemaker home is my space home is my sanctuary home is where I do my most purposeful work and that be in raising my children in creating food in curating our space and so much more and I want to talk about each of those in a little more detail and I'm going to start with curating our space. So like I said when the pandemic hit we all realised how much our home either worked or didn't work right. Lots of people came home from offices, my husband was one of them and since then he is now going to be home full time. And so one of the hardest things I had to manage was where are we going to put him? (laughs) It was, um, originally it was fine actually because my daughter was just one years old when the pandemic hit and she still co-sleeps with us now, but her bedroom was not really anything at the time. It was just a, a spare bedroom. We'd done the whole creating a nursery thing, but she never slept in there and she still hasn't. And so we had the desk in there and that was, um, you know, just like an office space. And then as time's gone on, my poor husband has been in every location in the upstairs of our house. He has been in that room and then we moved him into our bedroom for a while because we had my dad here after he was recovering from surgery during the pandemic and we've moved him in various locations around our room now I've moved him back into the kids bedroom because both kids co-sleep with us and that works for us at the moment and it's um, something that I'm really passionate about and I'll probably talk about in a future episode but just finding the space for him and for his desk and he has like a double monitor and you know he doesn't just fit in a small gap and with a small home that has been one of the most challenging things and it's still even though we've got like a sort of permanent location for him at the moment at some point the kids will go into their own room and then I I don't know then where am I gonna put him am I gonna have to have him back in my bedroom (laughs) I don't know but so it's often you know a thought that crosses my mind like where are we going to put him (laughs) where is his desk gonna go and you know a lot of us have found that during the pandemic that you know by work practices changing to either like a more stay-at-home model or now for many a hybrid model we have to find these spaces in our home that can be work but you know when work's done they're not in the way and you know with us being home all the time during the pandemic you know I was downstairs raising a one-year-old while he was working and he worked the entirety all the way through the pandemic and yeah it was just making our space work for us to be at home 24 7 him to be working and 
it was a lot and I know a lot of you probably feel the same but it was the pandemic that sparked this in me to make our home more how I wanted it and it wasn't that it wasn't how I wanted it before because I've always taken great pride in uh, the things that I do around our home, I always say my home is a normal home. It's not a show home. If you're coming here for a sh- to see, you know, a carefully staged home, and then this isn't the one for you. Even as I'm recording this, I'm looking at my skirting um, out into my hallway, and I'm like, God, that's been chipped for ages. Will I ever paint that? Maybe, maybe not. And you know, so my home is a normal home. It's got got fingerprints all over it with two toddlers it's got you know bashed paintwork it's got carpet that needs redoing we never replaced the carpet when we moved in it's it's just very lived in but it's perfect I love lived in homes and you know everything not everything has its place um but I'm trying to get to this stage where we have less stuff and we've been actively trying to do that for a long, long time. And so creating what I now call an intentional home. And by that, I mean like I'm very intentional with each of my spaces and they have to work for all of us. So, you know, that can mean simple things like for the children there is no space in the home that is not accessible to them so that means making all the spaces safe one of the places that I did that the most and I did that with my daughter first of all so so when I had my son it was very easy to sort of integrate him into our home because we'd already made everything very safe and that is our living space now Our downstairs is sort of an open plan situation. We have um, a large, what I would consider a large living space and that sort of filters around. We have like a three quarter wall in in length. It's a full height wall and it covers three quarters of the room and that feeds around into our kitchen area. So it's open plan but it's also not visibly always open plan like the kitchen is part of it is hidden behind the wall and so when there's dirty dishes on the counter they are not all up in my face so a living space is multifunctional downstairs we have like I said our kitchen which we although we you know it's open plan access we do have um like a baby it's not really a baby gate it's like a baby fence (laughs) to Um, separate the area just to keep the kids safe Um, more so the one-year-old it's just um, you know nice to have that space where we don't have to lock all the cupboards and we we did have it open and it just didn't really work for us so it's nice to have that space that's a little separate but in the main living space it's obviously our living room we have our television in there but it's also our dining space and it's also predominantly the children's play space. And I guess with all this in mind, like it's really important that the space functions for all of us. So, you know, we have a space that is a space, a living space, 
where you know we can sit down, chill out, talk, watch TV. I have a chair where I want to sit when I do like my morning routine, and you know, which is a lot of like journaling and things like that while I have my coffee. But it's a play space as well, so we have shelves and a little storage for the children. We have minimal toys, we do toy rotation, and so it's not overwhelming. Um, but we do have that space for them as well. We also, it's our dining space. So to fit all of this in and it not be cluttered in any way, shape or form, it actually feels very sort of open and spacious. Um, we have a one of those drop leaf tables that, you know, stores the chairs in and stuff. So it's an this open plan space with just furniture that really works for us so we're very mindful and intentional about the furniture and the pieces that we have in there that they really work for us and work for the space and work for the what we want to achieve from the space and our living space is just one space within our home that we create with absolute intention you know instead of trying to cram everything into this space you know like a full-size table lots of toys sofa and tv and and everything it's about picking pieces and being intentional about what comes into our home and what works within our home so our living space can very quickly be uh, a space for entertaining it can very quickly be a space a play space for the kids a learning space in their home education it can also be our dining space but it also you know these extra elements they tuck away when they're not needed so it's about being thoughtful and about being intentional with that space space and our bedroom you know is the same we're very intentional with that space so for us something very important is co-sleeping so we have a super king size bed so we all fit in it very comfortably I have a little workspace up here where I sit while I'm podcasting when I'm podcasting for my other podcast with Talia which is slow the heck down um we have uh, you know uh, soft lighting so it feels very relaxed and calming and we literally just have our bed bedside tables and a wardrobe my desk is part of my bedside table it's actually a fold-out desk I love it I love 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 it it folds out when I want to use it folds in when I'm not using it. it looks like just a little small cabinet on the wall and it's absolutely perfect for small home living I often think that when we eventually transition the kids to their own room and create space for them in there that I'm going to buy another one so that they have the same because it's wonderful now it doesn't quite work for um, a desktop computer but I just use a laptop and it's perfect for like making notes you know typing it's perfect if you're like writing podcasting it's just or even just a place to sit with a cup of coffee I just wanted that little space so I have a little fold-out chair as well and so like I hope this is sort of um, highlighting that you can create these really small little intentional spaces that feel really really good my desk feels really really good it's my tiny tiny little corner and it looks beautiful 
it's a bit messy at the moment, but it looks beautiful, it feels good, and yeah, it just, that's a huge part of living, uh, creating a life of intention, living with intention, creating intentional spaces, it's about finding what looks good and therefore feels good for you. So another thing that is big around at home is plants. Now, like I said, I live in a small home. I have a balcony this time of year, not the greatest. I'm recording this in November and it's currently raining outside. But like I said, we don't have a garden. We just have a balcony. And for many, many years, the balcony was my place. It was the place that I did all of my gardening. In the last year, we have had our own allotment and I am slowly transitioning away from growing on the balcony because the allotment, it just works better for us. It's not too far away from where we live. Um, it's actually a walkable distance if we wanted to. And I do love having plants and greenery around. I'm not the best with house plants. I'm going to put it out there. Um, I bought a load of house plants last year, spent a fair bit of money. And um, I've killed most of them. I've got ivy, which I bought from Patch Plants. I love Patch Plants. They're a really simple way to um, sort of order house plants and stuff. But it said on Patch Plants that they're unkillable. Oof. I've killed two out of the three of them, and the third one's not looking that great, if I'm honest. But I love them. They um, They really bring something to a home I think um, but because I'm not great with house plants luckily I'm better at actually outdoor plants and my allotment I've had an incredible harvest from the allotment this year I'm very excited about going into next year but I've got a lot of um, fake plants as well and um, I do much better I don't kill them <laughs> but I like having that greenery around I like um so for me, I, I appreciate the things when it comes to creating intentional spaces. I'm learning what I really love. I love soft lighting. I like like fairy lights. I like, and we have some fairy lights up in both our bedroom and also in our living room. I really, really like white furniture, but I do like sort of key pieces of natural looking wood so in my bedroom I have natural looking wood wardrobe and greenery in the t in the form of a real house plant but also I have um, um, fake plants as well and they just sort of bring the outside in downstairs in my living room is very much um, white furniture but we do have a really nice hardwood wooden floor and we have a lot of greenery and plants and stuff down there and so it just brings these very sort of natural aspects and natural woods and plants and stuff from the outside in and these can really help me feel relaxed and and they might make you feel relaxed as well but living intentionally and creating intentional spaces within your home is all about finding the things that make you feel calm, feel relaxed and feel like your space really works for you. So it's like a multitude of things. It's about the things that you have and that you own and how to make them fit in your space 
um, whether that be by owning less or you know how you create your space but it's also about the way your space feels to you so you know clutter can be a big part of that when you feel over cluttered when you've got too much stuff and it feels like everything's like closing in on you you know that can feel too much and that can affect your mood and so creating an intentional space that doesn't feel like that but also is functional and works for you and has all these elements that just make you feel good that's what living intentionally within your home is about and you'll start to notice once you start creating these intentional spaces around your home that you know you feel different things in different spaces I feel very calm and relaxed in my bedroom but I also feel very calm and relaxed in my living room. And my living room can often be chaos because it's the play space as well. Um, but I do feel very calm, very relaxed. And that's because I've intentionally added these aspects that make me feel that way. And, you know, my kitchen is always very chaotic. It's a very well-loved, lived-in kitchen. There's always plates. There's always something dirty. There's I'm always loading and reloading the dishwasher it's a constant, it's relentless. People continue to eat and make things dirty just the same way as they continue to wear clothes and I have to keep washing them. It is constant, it is relentless, but it is lived in and loved and, and that as a homemaker makes me feel really good. It makes me feel like that everything's working as it should do. And it doesn't have to be like one big clean sweep of your home. I have been doing this for three years and things have changed. The The second bedroom in our home is the only bugbear that I really have. Everything else, while may be a work in progress some of the time, is it all, it all feels good. And you don't have to spend a lot of money. It doesn't have to be like gutting it and starting again it's just figuring out what you want from each space and I take it one space at a time my mind is always turning it's always thinking about how can I be smarter here how can I do better here how can I do this how can I do that and it's just you know just part of a hobby of mine and just making this space so wonderful and it does feel so so good so how do you start doing all of this without panicking and gutting your house and chucking out all your furniture and starting again because that's not the intention here something that I do a lot it's a lot of repurposing I don't often have to buy something new now the downstairs table, the drop leaf table I spoke about, something that I did purchase new and something that I felt was a worthwhile investment because, you know, the, the table we had wasn't working for our space. It was too big, the chairs were too cluttered, it just didn't work. And this table single-handedly changed that space. I guess my my tips would be, you know, pick one space one space and start there think about you know what works for you and I try and do all this with like limited to no money at all 
There are things I do purchase, but only if they're absolutely necessary. A lot of what I have around my home, I move about, like I said, you know, repurpose, figure out how things can work better. Just yesterday, I put up, um, I put up a shelf, I was going to say, I did not put up a shelf. I asked my husband to put up a shelf. I'll do anything. I'm a DIY queen. I've painted this house from top to bottom. I've repurposed furniture. I've refurbished things. I just don't have the confidence of drilling a hole in the wall to put a shelf up. I think it's just because I've not done it. And you know what? It's okay. We all have our strengths and I like to get my husband to do the shelves. If I had to do it, I would of course do it. But I'm not going to say he enjoys it because he certainly doesn't. But um, he always does it with a good heart at least when I'm like, can you put this shelf up for me? And I thought as I was saying all of that, I'm, you know dismissing this idea that you know I can be a modern woman who can do anything um, and I am a modern woman who could do anything I just choose not to do the shelves because I know myself I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and my weakness is that I would definitely um, I'm like a bull in a china shop sometimes and I will I'll mess it up <laughs> because I know what I'm like. I will not take enough due care and attention to make sure that I'm doing it right because I want it done quickly. So I delegate that task to someone who is better at it than I am. So I think when you're going about creating a home intentionally, like I said, take one space Take a space and figure out if it works for you. And if it doesn't, just take a moment to think about what would make it better. What do you want from the space? You know, for example, my living room. I need my living room to be a living space. I need it to be a play space, a home education space and an eating space. And how do I make that work so all of those things can happen within that space, but it doesn't feel cluttered, it doesn't feel too much, and it feels like each thing works and that's definitely how I feel about my living room now it takes time and sometimes it can take one two three sort of goes at figuring it out um but certainly for my living space I painted it once when we not long after we moved in and it's a very pale pink and I've never changed it I have no intention of changing it probably do with a fresh coat of the paint which I still have some left of because it's been coming up six years and I've got a lot of children's sticky hands and knocks and dents and stuff now but I've never changed that that feels good in that space I've accessorized the space we haven't bought any new furniture in there other than the table from when we moved in oh and I just purchased the chair but that was important because nobody seemed to let me sit on the sofa and when I say nobody I mean the kids and I just wanted somewhere to rest my weary legs sometimes but other than the new chair and um, because I couldn't find one second hand that would fit in the space because it needed to be quite small and I'd been looking for a while and I couldn't find anything but other than the chair and the table which we bought uh, the table's been there, I think, about two years now we've had that. Everything else is stuff that we, we've had for a long time, whether it be when we first got married, we had, um, like, Ikea vouchers um, that we got given for presents. 
um, for some things and so like we've had some of this furniture for a while and we just figure out you know how it works and where it works and what works best for it um our sofa was second hand it was second hand when we got married so nearly seven years ago and that's still functioning really well there's absolutely no need for a new sofa yet and cushions just there's just been a few bits and bobs that we've bought along the way um, but a lot of the time I repurpose things like the shelves that we use for the children's toys they're bookshelves that we had when we first got married and I just move things about the house and figure out how things are going to work in different spaces and I've always done that I even did that in our our rental place as well so it's just taking that space and figuring out how you can make all the elements work for you and we've that's what I've done. I've I've done the same throughout the whole house to make the kitchen work for us, to make the living space work for us. I've recently done our hallway, and when I say done, I haven't done anything particular, but I did put the old doors that I'd taken off a couple of years ago, I'd put them back on. Ray put them back on, my husband. I didn't put them back on. But um, we put them back on and created um, a better sort of shoe storage, coat storage cupboard, which is what it hadn't been that way before. The doors were on when we moved in. I removed them several years later because I needed a little workspace. And this was sort of like height of the pandemic. My dad was here as well, recovering from his heart surgery. Um, my husband was working in our room. Our room didn't look like it currently does. I had my little fold down desk and I needed space for it so I used that cupboard space so we took the doors off so I had more light and I wasn't actually sitting in a dark cupboard and over time we moved my desk away from that space and yeah it just ended up being quite cluttered so the other weekend I said to my husband can we put the doors back on they were just stored down in our garage and we put the doors back on we put the shoe We've got like one of those shoe drawer things that pull out and we put that in there. I put an old um, like coat hook up on the wall. We have a coat hook already in there at the very back. But um, I had another one that I took down when we moved in and that I've put at a lower level. So that'd be great for the kids coats. And now the hallway doesn't look cluttered. It looks nice and tidy and organized and it just feels really good. And so just really simple changes can make the world of difference. And like I was saying about the shelf um, that we put up uh, the other day, that was off of an old bookcase, I think, because it's got sort of like the bookcasey, like plastic coated chipboard look. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to, the shelf is white, but you can see like the chipboard, obviously like you can on a um bookcase shelf so I'm literally just going to paint it white and I did the same in our bathroom with some old shelves that were actually left behind when we moved in they were in a cupboard and they are like old bookcase shelves as well and I did the same I just got some brackets popped them up on the wall above the toilet voila more storage 
my bathroom is tiny and so the upward storage and upward storage in general in small homes is fantastic you don't want to overdo it because it can feel like it's all coming in on you but um just be intentional about where you where you do these things and it can make the world of difference so creating these intentional spaces around your home can be about, obviously about the furniture you have, how the space works for you, how much stuff you have in the space. Decluttering is super important and almost keeping lightly on top of that as well. But also the colours that you have in your home are important and only you will know what feels good for you. And so just take time to really look at space. Things don't have to be done all in one go. You just, just take time and find out what feels good, what works, and don't be afraid to change it up a few times. I'm always moving around the house with a stool or a chair or table and just thinking that doesn't quite work let me move that out and over time you will find things work for you and it doesn't have to be all or nothing and it doesn't have to be expensive either so I hope that was helpful just to sort of like underpin what intentional living within your home can really look like and um, particularly living in a small home where you know you've got multiple uses for different things when it comes to living in a small home i love it i love the smallness i love the coziness i love the creativity that it brings and i love you know the amazing things you can do with the space i categorically would not want a larger home and that brings me on to something that I am going to close with. So, like I said at the beginning, I live in a small two-bedroom split-level flat. And I have said for the longest time, no, I don't want to move. No, I don't want to move. No, I don't want to move. And at the moment, I'm very happy here. We are very happy here. We have some ongoing issues in terms of cladding and something I'm not going to be speaking about in too much detail because that's an ongoing legal process. But when we are able to sell this place, because currently that's not a possibility, when we are able to sell this place, I think that is what we might do. Because while I love this home and I love everything about it and I love the spaces I've created here, I love what it means to us, I have slightly different plans now. I don't want a home that is any bigger. I don't want more stuff. I, If anything, I want to go in the other direction. So I would love, we would love to purchase some land and buy um, or build, buy or build a small home on it. And when I say small home, I do mean a small home. Um, I would love if it worked for us because we would like a three bedroom tiny home. And I don't quite know what that's going to look like yet. We have some ideas we would like to look more into 
the Honka Eco Homes and potentially building one of those. Um, basically, we want to create a small home. We don't want a bigger home. Like I said, I can't, <laughs> I can't stress that enough. I don't want to buy a bigger home and I don't want a bigger mortgage. I don't want a mortgage at all. Um, we want to move away from this dependency idea. We would love to buy land, put a small home on it, grow more of our own food like we do at the allotment, and maybe have a small holding, maybe some chickens, and just be a bit more self-sufficient, the ability to live off-grid. And so it's just a dream at the moment, but something that we are definitely working towards. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found it helpful and I would love to talk to you more about this. So head over to my Instagram. My handle is at life on plot 44, which incidentally is the name of my allotment. And I discuss over there all things slow, simple, seasonal, intentional living. I talk about being a homemaker there might be a little bit of motherhood not too much because I keep my children quite private but all sorts of things about growing on my allotment what it's been like growing on my balcony and everything about living that simple intentional life so I would love for you to join me over there if you're able please leave a rating or review on this podcast I would be so so grateful and please do come follow me over on Instagram. That's where I hang out most of the time. Community is so important to me and I would love to see you there. So until next time, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next episode.